Okay. Um, yeah, that was the first game I've ever played of Alone Among the Stars, and that was... I got genuinely kind of fucked up around that. That was really surprising. Um... So, first step, to flip over a card to discover something, roll a six-sided die. I rolled a three. So on a three to four, you come upon it suddenly. So flip over the card, and I got the three of hearts. Hearts are ruins, mysterious obelisks, vine-covered temples, abandoned dwellings for people bigger than you, a wrecked spaceship, etc. And a three is a gentle river. So I think this is... Do I want to pick up from the beginning, or do I want to pick up sort of in media res, um, which doesn't really make sense. It's not an accurate term, because it's not like I'm jumping backwards at any point. So I guess the, the actual question is, do I want to frame this in such a way that the, the person who is traveling is new to this? Like, oh shit, this is my first planet? Or do I want to frame it like they're already in the middle of something, like they've they they've been on this adventure for a long time? Um, I guess if the game ends when you are tired and want to return home and I rolled a six, it makes sense to, to start from like, yeah. Okay. So I think I've been, I've only been traveling. You know what? I think this is a, this is a universe in which space travel became before the ability to map space in a weird way. So we kind of like, we can go to the stars but we don't know what's out there, really. And I don't mean, like, like maybe there's life on other planets, because obviously there's going to be in this game. I mean, literally, like, y- you can't chart a course because you don't know what obstacles are going to be in your way. Um, <laughs> so so I went out and I just picked the direction. And I think there's a, a star that I, like, remember from my childhood that I wanted to aim at to see the planets around it. But maybe... Maybe this is a universe where planets aren't necessarily tied to stars either. Like, there's just more entropy, maybe. The, the gravity is, works slightly differently. Maybe it, maybe it's just a, a an even weaker and looser force, so planets can kind of, you know, break free of their suns fairly easily. So they're just a bunch of floating planets, like, that will eventually get caught into a new orbit and show up that way. But those kinds of planets... I feel like would probably be covered in ruins. So I feel like I'm, who knows, a week, a month, a year, a decade away from running into anything when all of a sudden my ship makes an emergency landing. And oh gosh, if gravity's weird, then this gentle river is, and I mean, hmm. I think I like the image of a planet that's, um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my feet under me, so I'm gonna go with the, uh, the wrecked spaceship, uh, suggestion. But I'm gonna say the planet is, is not particularly big, um, but it is pockmarked with, like, as you, as, as I approach, it's, it's clear that, um, I have a, a better vessel than a, than a number of other people who have tried to make the same ship because it caught what was about to happen and made an emergency landing, whereas just the the surface of this planet is just covered in ships that just drove headfirst into it because their autopilot systems just didn't recognize it was there because it wasn't charted, and just went straight down 
full speed. And so there are just spaceships everywhere. Tens of thousands, maybe? Just wrecked all over the place. Um, but my autopilot system drops me off near a gentle river. Um, and I think I like the image of the river. It's it's in a canyon. It's pretty deep down there. And for whatever reason, whether it's... it's I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll just be honest. The, the reason I thought of this is because of talking about gentle gravity, but I don't think that makes any sense. But I think it's like... It's not floating, but the, it has... It's almost dripping upwards. Um, the the river is running per normal. You know, it's probably headed out to a sea somewhere. and it, you know, It's hard to tell because it goes underground for portions. Um, but where I am, it's very, very gentle. Like, not even babbling. Just, like, quiet. But there, there are constant streams just sort of slowly alongside running along the ground. Just, like, drifting off into the air. Like, you know like evaporation, except for much bigger, like identifiable droplets instead of a mist. And I stopped there for a little bit, and there are probably some curses thrown, some uh, some some distaste for the engineers, because that's what you do when something beyond your control saves your life, right? You get mad at it. And I go in and tinker, but I don't think I'm a, a like registered... <laughs> spaceship position as it were so i just kind of move stuff around and like relearn patience with the machine and i don't know that i no you know what i think i think i'm gonna make a character decision and i'm gonna say that who i'm playing does sort of wander from wreck to wreck and sort of says you know a few words at the few that they can get to in a reasonable amount of time um, not knowing who they were. And, you know, most of them seem to be fairly recent, be from, from my own, um, huh. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, like, I don't know what I was going to say, maybe planet, but I don't know. This game doesn't say you want to return to your home planet. Um, it says you want to return home. So it comes from my home fleet, I guess might be the right word. I think we have a few, we have bases on planets, but I think maybe that's why we haven't um, done a lot of, you know, interstellar cartography is because that's what, that's sort of the the point of the fleet is to just fly around and actually, you know, measure things, but there's no home base, so to speak. There's no like specific planet to return to or orient things around. So it's kind of a, a big freewheeling map with no... You know, it's it's like trying to draw a map without cardinal directions. And I think I took off because that's just a thing you do sometimes, right? You you go, we're all heading this way. I'm going to go head out that way and um, we'll wrap back around at some point. But who knows when that'll happen? Uh, aside from, you know, me, the player who knows that it'll happen in about five more cards. Um, so, yeah, so some people, you know, most of them are people from the fleet. There are a few older um, older wrecks. I don't think there are any, you know, skeletons or, or dismembered folks. It's just kind of sad, but in a, you know, in a cosmic way, more than a uh, human way. I rolled another three. So on a three to four, you come upon it suddenly. Jack of hearts. So hearts, once again, ruins. Uh, and Jack is in the desert. Once I have cooled off from being anxious about the autopilot, Done my rounds, paid some respects. 
I take off again. Um, hmm. I don't know if I would prefer a shot of, you know, a big field with the... Yeah, I like that. So the, the river in the canyon is where I left my spaceship and I walk back to it. And I get in and there's just sort of a long shot where you can barely see the river because it's in the canyon. Um, and my spaceship is on the other side of the field. And I take off and... Um, for a moment, the uh, the propulsion and the and the floating water droplets, the 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 giant evaporation, sort of intermingle, and then everything goes up. And fuck, I come upon it suddenly. It's full of ruins, and it's in the desert. Um, I don't know how. I don't know what our um what our engines are. I'm not committing quite yet to you know whether it's just propulsion, whether there's a warp drive type thing, but. What I do know is that it's like literally 15 minutes later. It turns out it's two planets that are orbiting each other. There's a there's a very loose orbit between these two planets that are currently drifting between stars. So eventually they will either collide and destroy each other. They will orbit lo- around each other just long enough to catch the stellar orbit. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm definitely not an astrophysicist. Um, so I'm, I'm playing kind of fast and loose here and I apologize if that's frustrating, but you know, I already said gravity's a little, a little looser this, in this universe. So, but yeah, these, these two planets roughly the same size or yeah, they're, they're very close and they're getting closer, but you know, probably not for who knows how they would manage time on that, but you know equivalence of decades until they would crash into each other and there's a good chance they'll hit the gravity well as it were (laughs) um, of a star and they'll get pulled into either a rapid acceleration of that orbit or um, they'll get sort of kicked off into something else i think this one is also covered in wrecked spaceships but i think they're they're not from my fleet um I think that they're they're orbiting around each other slowly enough that anyone from my fleet who would have crashed into any of these planets would have crashed into the first one. And yeah, and this one's atmosphere is is a lot looser. It's a lot less developed. So it's just a, well, I mean, at least as far as I can tell, I (laughs) took off and landed pretty much immediately. I probably didn't see the whole thing, but at least the whole face that I could see coming in was was desert and these shipwrecks are a little older so um i was gonna say so they're 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 pretty difficult to identify but i don't know if the if the atmosphere is looser i feel like i don't know there's gonna be fucking windstorms yeah so like all these pockmarks are actually a lot harder to see from like you you could see a good you know whenever there's like a, a cluster of a few spaceships wrecked on that first planet oh wait shit i forgot to do the thing each time you complete a planet give it a number or a name and find a new planet a number and a name for the Three of Hearts, which was covered in spaceships, had a gentle river. I want an I name, um, I mean, like Iolos or Ivalis. <laughs> Ivalis, Ivalis. That's a Final Fantasy thing. Um, how about, uh, yeah, A I A L O S, Iolos. And obviously, these are um, just names that I'm coming up with internally because we're not, we don't have maps. So. Um, where was I? Or, yeah, on, on Iolos, there was, you know, clear clusters of, of wrecked spaceships that you could see from space. Here, that's not the case at all. It looks like a fairly flat area. Some very large dust storms kicked up. But as, as I got closer, um, 
And since it's so close, I can't really just like scoot around it. I just land in a very counterintuitive way. It's actually probably it's easier for me to land and then take off. But also I want to investigate this in case there are more of, you know, my comrades who have passed here. But I don't I don't find any of them. Uh, I just land in the desert. And uh, when I start, hmm, (laughs) I'm not really like fixed on a lot of things here that are like visual things that would probably help like the warp drive, but also like, how do I, how do I get around on a planet? But I don't really have an idea. And like, this is part of the joy of playing these games with other people is they can help feel, fill those ideas in if they're better at that sort of thing than, you know, you are or I am. So I guess it's, uh, it's sort of up to, I guess, a future decision. But, um, however, I'm traveling around, you know, it's like a hoverboard or something. I do see the the like nose cones of, of various ships, um, and I think they're like. I have to make another decision here. Um, is this a universe that's just full of these kind of fleets, or is the fleet that I'm from kind of unique? And are most people pl- like planetary? You know, as as with most ores, I say, why not both? I think we are not unique. We are not the only traveling culture in this universe. Um, there are probably billions of cultures, so it would be kind of ridiculous to assume that. But I think the the array of, of ships is, is broad enough that it looks like this planet, which I think I'm calling Solaya, S-O-L-A-Y-A, is, is covered in, in ships from a, a variety of different planetary cultures. And I think I... I think I have some empathy for them, but it's it's not. I'm not saying words for them, you know. It's just not part of who I am. Um, and once I discover that this is sort of not a place of rest for for my people, I kind of just head out. I rolled a four, which means I came upon it suddenly. And the card I have pulled is a diamond, which is living beings, people like or unlike you, fish, dinosaurs, wolves birds, giant insects, etc. And the card itself is four in a steep canyon. Okay, so I come suddenly upon living creatures in a steep canyon. I think there's um, there's actually quite, quite some travel time between uh, these two planets. I know it's suddenly, but you can come upon a thing suddenly after having done nothing for quite some time. So I think there's, there's time to drift in space here to set routines and, you know, check directions against this, like sprawling and impossible map uh, and to add to it to sleep probably not to reflect on on those two ship graveyards i think i've i think i'm acculturated enough in a specific way that it it's not a thing that my character thinks about so during you know a, a sort of lonely dinner i catch the autopilot flip back on <laughs> and it says like we're landing and I'm annoyed because this is happening again. But I'm, you know, I trust the ship well enough at this point. I've, I've had time to live in it, to like, to, to be in it. And I, I feel like all that tinkering I did surely did something. Uh, but the landing is rough because there's just a sheer drop into this canyon and the ship is, you know, acclimating for whatever, like roughly sea level. And so it like goes to stop at the top of this canyon, but there just happens to be a, a fucking hole there. And if I had landed, you know, a mile in either direction or, you know, a mile east or west, as it were, although those are deeply um, problematic assumptions, <laughs> given my culture, it would have been fine. But instead, I kind of like you do the thing where you when you're walking downstairs, and you assume there's a stair after the last stair. 
And so you like kind of come down real hard, like expecting the ground to be, you know, six inches below where it actually is. The ship comes down kind of hard like that uh, into this canyon and it corrects itself enough that there's no no major damage. But the trust between myself and the ship is definitely broken and I just fucking hop out and start yelling at it. I don't know that I want there to be communication quite yet. So I don't think I'm going to have these living beings have language. Ooh, ooh, I have a bad idea. That's, uh, this is like not gonna play for anyone except for me. But, um, in the, uh, Moss Creep Stone Crumbles game, oh, I wonder if I can find this really quickly. I don't know. So, yeah, played a ma- game of Moss Creep Stone Crumbles that, uh, was supposed to be very cozy and have all of these, like, you know, nice little moments. And instead it turned into a, a story of a, of a little grove with some bees in it. And one of the bees lived, like, What's the number? 44 times uh, his normal lifespan. Died, came back to life, uh, took over the hive, became a bee king, became the sun, became a sun god, died as a sun god, came back as a sun god, um, and had a war with a grove and a and a terrible impossible bat but in one of the frames of that after yes year 55 of the um moss creep stone crumbles game so it's after anthony who's the the bee king and sun god um had ascended to sun god status and then aged as a sun god uh there's a frame that i drew uh, in year 55 where uh there's uh, what was interpreted as a weeping willow what i meant to be a gravestone um so so Anthony's dead. The the grove is blooming again, and there are little um, shamrocks in it. Uh, and there's a person in the background, and I think that's what it, what this is. Um, I mean, there's a person. There's a stick figure in the background. Uh, I don't know that I look like a human being, but I assume I'm bipedal. And I I think that's it. I think this is. I think I've just landed briefly in the grove um, in year 55 of the Moss Creep Stone Crumbles game. And let me, uh, let me just read the text. Uh, so what happened in year 55, according to the text, is the grove in mourning over their once powerful king laid the symbol of his reign to rest inside a weeping willow. Why, they cried. Why did he fly so close to the sun? So, <laughs> so the living beings are bees, basically. Um, so, I'm, so I'm deep in this canyon, in this very strange little grove, and I just happen to miss the sun god, Anthony, which is interesting. It scales it down a little bit, because I think that means there's, um, I think this canyon has its own sun, uh, because we've established that this planet does not. <laughs> That's the whole, oh wait, no, 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 that was a different planet. That was a different planet. Okay, that was a different planet. Oh, that's even more interesting, though, isn't it? Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say that this is another, like, this is not part of a solar system. This is another one of those drifting planets. It, it is farther farther away from the first two, from Iolos and Celaya. There has been weeks or months between them, but I still haven't reached a solar system. And so this, uh, this is another planet that does not have uh, a sun. The sun god Anthony was a was a sun god for a specific canyon on a specific planet and i just happened to arrive there at a time when <laughs> when it just seemed like a, a grove with a bunch of bees in it and they kind of ignored me and i fucking yelled at my ship and and took off and i think we'll just call the that world the grove because that seems accurate yay i rolled a one which is that it is arduous to get to. And the card is a seven of diamonds. Diamonds are living beings. Seven means near a volcano. 
if I was going to continue the theme, I think the only game that would make sense to revisit here would be uh, the Take My Revolution game, which I don't know. I don't know that I have any good ideas for that. So arduous to get to. It's near a volcano and it's full of living beings. Um, and so far we have, our journey has been interrupted pretty much immediately and then immediately again by two spaceship graveyards, one full of my own people and one full of others. And I use that term advisedly because I think that's how my character thinks of it, which is not a thing I particularly like about my character. And then once after a more restful moment on a, on a fairly empty land. So I feel like it's probably time to escalate a little bit, especially given, you know, there's only two more cards after this one. So I think the, the tinkering that I've been doing is, is finally showing up because this is another longer journey and like I said, I don't really, like, I'm not a, I'm not a spaceship physician, as it were. I'm just a traveler. Um, hmm. I'm just a person who's among a fleet who has taken off on their own and wants to sort of remap stuff and has no idea when I'm going home because there's no fixed location. There's only, there's only travel. And so I'm, I get lost in, in my map making, which, oh, I wish I had a really good, like, visual, um, for that map but i think it's kind of incomprehensible right it's like it's like if you had an infinitely long and wide piece of paper but you still somehow kept doing that thing where you start you know like if you're writing a writing a protest sign or whatever and you start writing out the message you're writing uh, and you realize like you have <laughs> six letters left and enough room for three so it's always it's infinite but it's infinitely long and wide so there's no it's not spatially inaccurate but it's always spatially inaccurate because there's no there's no boundary so everything is sort of smushed at the ends, except for there are no ends. So it's smushed everywhere. And it makes sense, but it's it's not great. And that's sort of just the aesthetic of it at this point. It's probably been, been drawn these, these ways for generations. So uh, I get lost in that and trying to smooth it out, but having to abide by the aesthetics of that have been passed down, but also, you know, running up against impossible boundaries because it's an impossible map. I'm just not paying attention to what's going on. And I think I, I, I arrive in the solar system that i initially set out for and that's i think that's the arduous part it's not the it's not the getting there so much it's the things i was doing along the way so i reach the solar system and i find the the farthest out planet and i'm just fucking annoyed and like i need a a spot to stop and think which is antithetical i think (laughs) to my culture and i think i'm i'm sort of breaking away as i'm breaking away um, and this is sort of the point, the, the hidden point of these journeys and uh, the one that, you know, that people don't talk about, but it's the thing you learn is when you're not surrounded by the culture at all times, you certain things fall away from it. And one of those things for me right now is I am no longer at my best thinking when I'm in motion. I need to stop sometimes. And so I touch down on this planet that's pretty Earth-like in a lot of ways, except for it's, you know, the farthest planet out from the sun. So, you know, somehow this sun is big enough and gravity is weird enough that Neptune is the is the life-supporting planet in this solar system. And I get there and I land on an island and there's a volcano and there are living beings and there are a lot of them. This this place is teeming with life. The game says people like or unlike you, fish, dinosaurs, wolves, birds, giant insects, etc. And it's it, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um there are people like and unlike me. 
There are fish, there are dinosaurs, there are wolves, there are birds, there are giant insects. This is a fucking planet. And these are these have all been planets, but like, this isn't Star Wars, right? This isn't the city planet and the desert planet. Planets that have full life have full life. They require ecosystems. People don't exist in a vacuum. So even just on this island, it's, it's fucking bustling. And I land on this volcano because I think, I mean... <laughs> It's uh, some sort of residual um, anxiety about the ship, right? The uh, last time I landed, I landed thinking it was the ground, but actually it was a canyon and I kind of fell in. So I I sort of take control and make sure to land up high, (laughs) which has the exact same problem. I sort of fall into the lip or the, what is the term? Um, The mouth of the volcano, I guess. Land somewhere around the lips and... I think the autopilot is just like shitting out at this point, like completely. It's, it's like I have tinkered with it too much and I don't know what I'm doing and I have to, I have to climb down the mount, uh, the volcano and it's, it's inactive right now, I think, but I don't, I don't know that and I'm not sure. So it's very literally, I think it's inactive. I come down and I spend some time here. I spend like a few months just wandering around, acclimating, slowly approaching people that are more like me and, you know, escaping from spooky situations. You know, there's a night where I'm like camping on the far, far outskirts of, of the main city on this island. And there are just a bunch of howling. Um, and, you know, maybe we don't see it, but there is a there's some howling that is cut off very sharply by the chittering of beetle wings that are, you know, the size of a car and that, that kind of scene. <laughs> very uncomfortable. And I don't trust people who I can't communicate with. So I spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time wandering the outskirts looking for somebody who might speak my language. And I, I find one eventually and I ingratiate myself because I think as, as kind of shitty in that way as, as this person I'm playing is that doesn't stop them from being, you know, very like charismatic when they need to be or not even that. No, I don't, I don't, cause I don't think of them as like manipulative necessarily. I think of them as, as scared and insular in certain ways. So it's not that they're, they're not charismatic when they need to be. They're, they, they're charismatic. Like they genuinely are open with, with people, but it's, only people who share certain cultural backgrounds. And that's, you know, breaking down a little bit, but it's still there. And so they do end up finding somebody who is specifically from the same fleet as they are, who left probably before they were born. And they start having a conversation and they get along really fucking well. And they talk and this person opens them up a little bit. But this isn't why they wanted to land here either. And so there's always something nagging them at the back of their mind. All they want to do is fix the autopilot and get back in the sky because they forgot that they came here. To, to rest and to think because duty took over and eventually they get the parts and they get the knowledge and they get back onto the volcano and you know what i'm gonna be corny um they and they take off and just as they are taking off i don't think it's a it's a it's an action sequence i think it's just a, a purely visual one for them at least um it's probably there's probably some action sequences happening in the forest surrounding the town and maybe even the city itself as the volcano comes back to life and so we um we watch it erupt from space and we're gone. I think um, in my character's mind, at least, this this uh, this is a place called Symphalos. Okay. <laughs> Fucking three. <laughs> that means I come upon it suddenly and 
the card I pulled is a six of hearts. Hearts are ruins. Mysterious obelisks, blah, blah, blah. And a six is on the snowy peak of a mountain. So at least one of these suits is just not going to come up this game. So I'm coming up on ruins. I'm suddenly coming up on ruins on the snowy peak of a mountain. Um, that's, I mean, at least a strong contrast. <laughs> um, but I'm, so I'm in the, I'm in the solar system. So it's, I mean, I do love this. And I'm on the, I'm only on the fringe and I'm in a stable orbit. I was on a stable orbit planet. So it actually wouldn't, it wouldn't not make sense to sort of reiterate what has already happened in terms of a, of a loose planet. Except for I think this one is. This is a planet that's breaking orbit, right? Where some some quirk of gravity of of mass and movement and orbits has sent the planet that was the um, second farthest from the sun spiraling off, and it's happening to be moving past the farthest planet from the sun that I'm taking off from. And it's another thing where it's like another it's fi- barely fifteen thirty minutes. And that's like an, an interesting addition to that final shot, right? Not only does the spaceship take off and we watch as the volcano starts to erupt. I think the cut is when uh, just a massive, the, shat, the shat, literal shadow of a planet starts to fall. Where it, So the day just rapidly is overtaken by night right as this volcano erupts. And that has got to be a goddamn of a thing for that civilization. And we find, a, we find ourselves immediately on a, on a planet whose entire fucking atmosphere has to be just like getting wrecked right now. Now, as it as it removes itself from gravity, as it's rapidly, you know, in, ter- in planetary terms at least, um, just leaking energy from the sun. Like it has developed itself in such a way. Ooh, this is going to be a rough one, huh? Because these are going to be new ruins. Like this, this planet has been gl- globally cooling at like an incredibly rapid rate for just maybe only a couple of years in their terms. Maybe less than that, honestly, if it's that far away from the sun. So it's only a quarter of a turnaround. And so I go from this vibrant place, which being that far away from the sun means this, this other planet must have been, you know, significantly hotter than we would imagine suddenly to rapidly cooling. And so I think there, there was some sort of civilization there and and it's these are ruins in the technical sense and not in the aesthetic one this is homes that were built for specific climatological conditions that within you know what would be the equivalent for us of like four months went from what like equatorial to um polar basically <laughs> this is homes and buildings and cities that are just i mean <laughs> raptured away is like a really nice way to say it like there's still functioning infrastructure here but only the kind that doesn't require people to run it and i nearly crash on the peak of this mountain and i get out and i investigate this a little bit but (laughs) this is too much so i get back in the ship and go to my last card finally roll to five that means (sighs) i spot it as i am resting and I, my card is a, ooh, seven of hearts. So hearts are ruins, and a seven is near a volcano. Fuck. I didn't name that last planet. Um, I need to name that last planet, and then I need to commit to the story I'm telling, even though I really don't want to do that. <laughs> um, the name of, um, of the snowy planet was Solamphus. And the name, I mean, the name of, the final planet is Symphalos. Because I travel through the solar system, and I I wander around it, and I, I don't find much. Past the second planet, the the sun is just too hot. The gravity is, is too weird. Um, the, there's not really anything, you know, 
I mean, there are things. There's always, there's always things. There are beautiful vistas. There are, there are gorgeous, gorgeous views from space. There are these like, their, um, their asteroid belt is, is so, it's almost an echo of that, um, of that gentle river on Iolos. It's somehow a self-sustaining asteroid belt that is also constantly, you know, getting just ever so gently, piece by piece, pulled toward the sun. There's, it's almost like, um, flared out cards. Like when you, when you take a deck of cards and, and flare them out in your hand or on a table, it's almost that effect. And it's, and it's gorgeous. But this is not the system I, I imagined when I aimed this direction. And I find that out and I, and I notice that I don't, I don't miss my home. I've, I've spent some, some years out here at this point and I know that some of the things I believed were wrong. And they, and some of them were wrong because they were in service of shitty traditional power structures. And some of them were wrong because they were ways that, that had made an entire people survive impossible situations, but that they didn't apply. And I know some of the things that I thought were right just suck. And I'm taking in the view of this asteroid belt and I think, well, maybe one thing I can do is go back to Symphalos and have sort of a a better understanding of difference and come to terms with some of those some of those people who I may have wronged and that can be like sort of my first step in doing a a real genuine mapping of you know not just the universe but but its particulars so I turn the spaceship around and I fly back and I land on that volcano I know it's the same volcano but I know also what I'm going to find there long before I get there which is you know I mean, the easiest uh, reference that I have as a player is is Pompeii, I guess. Um, I don't think my character would know that. But this, yeah, this vibrant city is just ash. And everyone there is has been dead for years. There are small scavengers and that's it. And my initial impulse, because, you know, we can learn, but learning takes a long time sometimes. Um, my initial impulse is to get out and um, say words for the friend I had, the one who taught me how to fix the, the autopilot. And I go and I do that, and my better nature, no. Fuck that. And my character's new attempts to genuinely learn manage to take hold, manage to take some sort of root. They can't do what they came here to do, but they can avoid the mistake they made last time. And so they go and they say words for those beetles and those wolves and for the people that they glared at suspiciously and they they say them in a genuine manner and that doesn't change anything these people are all dead these animals are all dead these buildings are all collapsed and every everything is gone and it's probably not their fault it's almost certain that their their spaceship didn't cause that volcanic reaction it was just a an accident of fate because they yeah they believe in fate and they <laughs> They are tired and they want to return home, but their their home is moving forever. And so they will return home eventually, but it's impossible to know when. The only thing they can do is just keep moving. I think, yeah, I feel like I, 
I was aiming for sort of broad themes of travel and, you know, the self against the other and sort of that, that sort of thing. And, and those don't feel like the kinds of things that are fucking me up on a personal level right now. But this got surprisingly close, even though I didn't really see myself in that character hardly at all. I think that worked. And I, I wish I had come up with a name for them. I don't know. Maybe I don't actually. Maybe I want this character to just be a vague eye. Anyway, um, yeah, I really liked that. Um, 